So welcome to episode 21 of Conversations on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Hill. Hey. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt, Kata and myself. Come on, Trudy, wake up, you stupid girl. Well, she is. Pulling a stunt like this. Episode 21. uh, The screenplay was done by Anthony Reid. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson, and the episode synopsis will be read out by Hill. Trudy decides to take her depression into her own hands by drowning a bunch of sleeping pills and is discovered by Celine, who chooses to do nothing about it. Although Trudy regains consciousness, Dal suffers from guilty feelings for having brought the pills into the mall to begin with, and the relationship between Dal and Jack is strained when Dal chooses to spend more time helping restore Trudy's health than working with Jack on his homemade battery charger. Episode 21, um, welcome by Brady's cries, uh, Celine discovers an unconscious Trudy alongside the bottle of tablets. But instead of raising the alarm, Celine takes Brady and leaves. So, um, immediate thoughts panel, uh, were you shocked at Celine's actions here? Um, did you think that she understood what was happened? Um, and yeah, what do you think of her actions in the immediate aftermath? I think she fully understood what was happening and just thought good with him. Yeah. Celine had written Trudy off at that point. Like, she's like, you're dead. I'm going to take your kid. Bye. She didn't even bother to try and get any help. She just took the baby and thought, oh, well, now I'm going to yeah. have my little happy family. And even like sitting there in the cafe, like she was just being very smug and just kind of gross through it all. I forget the actual line, but it was just very catty and disgusting the, the only reason she responded was that Bray called out to her for help yeah and even at that her first response was oh great now I finally get to smack her in the face and call her a stupid cow I mean I, I understand that point like to try and get her up but it just meh I don't want to defend Celine's actions I want that clear straight away I don't want anyone to think I'm justifying what Celine did. I agree that what she did was awful. Um, it's not just that she left Trudy there. Um, you could say that she was just very angry and she made a silly, selfish decision in the spur of the moment. It's the fact that she has time to think about what she's done and she still does nothing to rectify it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I can understand her going into the room, probably already irritated because once again, Trudy's not seeing to her child, and here comes Celine to the rescue, knowing that she's not going to be thanked for this, and that Trudy's going to have a go at her over it, only to find, you know, Brady screaming, Trudy asleep, then to realize what Trudy's done. I can understand her acting out in petty rage at that moment, but it's the fact that she had hours to think about that and Mm -hmm. change her mind you know, um, and realize, no, that's, I don't hate her that much, or, you know, she may have been mean to me, she may have been terrible to me, but she doesn't deserve to be left to die, or just anything, any kind of wrangling with her morality, and the fact that she doesn't, I think, is what shocks me, Um, because we've all made 
like terrible decisions in the spur of a moment. But most of the time we don't have time to actually think about them. And she did. And uh, like I completely understand whatever anger Celine was feeling. Because she started off offering Trudy nothing but kindness and friendship and support and comfort. And Trudy basically spat in her face. And uh, Trudy made Celine into her enemy. So I get Celine hating Trudy enough that in that moment, she's just like, I don't freaking care what this girl did to herself. It's not my problem. Why should I have any consideration for her when she doesn't have consideration for anybody else? But when you have the time to think about it and she still didn't do anything. And like you said, there she is at the breakfast table. She's clearly been awake. And, um, and when Bray confronts her, there's still an anger in her when she tells him she's not fit to be a mother. Um, mm. I think there's something very personal. I think Tr Celine takes it personally that Trudy would commit suicide when she has a child because we know Celine, one, tends to victim shame, victim blame, sorry. Mm -hmm. And two, she has a lot of abandonment issues because of her father and the abuse she suffered from her mother. And so I think for Celine, the idea that a mother would choose to leave her child through whatever means, as far as Celine's convinced, it's unforgivable to her, you know? In Celine's, like, worldview right now she thinks Trudy has it all like she's got the guy or she somewhat has the guy she's got the baby like she has everything that Celine wants at this point so why would she kill herself like mm -hmm. I think that's what Celine thinks in that point and now that you know she has killed herself or apparently killed herself that leaves the door open for Celine who would not make the same mistake because of that's what she wants and I think that's what Celine thinks. Well, but, and she just feels he's better than Trudy. I mean, mm -hmm. she says it. You're better off with me, aren't you, sweetie? I'd make a much better mother, wouldn't I? Well, she's not wrong. She has a reason for feeling that way. Trudy has not been a good mother to Brady. So I completely understand Celine feeling that way. She's, you know, we've seen the way Celine is with the children. And anybody who wouldn't take care of a child properly, Celine looks down upon them. And in her eyes, like Hill said, she thinks of Trudy as blessed. She's got this beautiful child. She has this family member and she just doesn't care about her. And she's willing to throw that away over a guy. Celine sees that as unforgivable. You don't deserve this kid, mm. you know? And again, I'm not saying she's right. I want that clear. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to understand where she's coming from, why she was able to make a decision like that. I don't think I've ever hated anybody enough, but at the same time, I kind of get it. Like, okay, Celine would probably never do anything to Trudy proactively of her own volition. Like she would never put poison in Trudy's food to get rid of her. But I do understand how easy it is if you can see, if you, if something bad happens to someone you don't like, and the only thing you have to do is just not say anything about it, it's easy to justify that to yourself. Like, well, I didn't do it. She did this to herself. Why should it be my responsibility to say anything or raise the alarm or get help? She's the one who wants to do this. Why should I care? It's not my responsibility. On the other hand, Celine has a lot to gain if Trudy dies. Exactly. 
Well, we've all had somebody in our life who made us so miserable that if we found out they were gone, we wouldn't be sad about it. Mm. You know, we'd be like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, like I can get that again, not defending her, just trying to understand what was going on in her head. I, I've had moments when my ex-husband and I first divorced, I would not have acted out against him, even though I was angry at him and I hated him. I wouldn't have done anything to him, but I ain't gonna lie. If something had happened to him, I wouldn't have felt bad about it because I was so angry. You know, I would have like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Look at that. That happened to you. Karma's a bitch, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's the way Celine sees it. She didn't have a hand in this and it's not her responsibility to do anything about it. And she sees it as a selfish act, but it's creepy that she had time to think about it and still didn't change her mind. I think that that point is what really gets me. I, I can almost almost forgive the initial aspect of leaving her, but it's the fact that she she had the rest of the night with Brady um, and yeah. didn't do anything that really yeah that really gets me. And didn't really show any concern or care or anything no. until Bray got into it. And once Bray sounded the concern, Celine was right there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> putting on the act. But yeah, even then it was like an act. It was like, oh, yeah. you see, girl, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, it was it was just an act for Bray at that point. I also wouldn't be surprised if the way Celine saw it is that this is something Trudy would have done to her. You know, yeah. um, if you treat someone with kindness and you give them consideration and they basically just pop a squat on you in return, you're going to reach a point where you have no consideration for them anymore. And in your brain, that's okay. You tell yourself, they don't deserve my consideration. And you just don't care about them as a human anymore. And you don't, you believe that they would do the same horrible things to you. Celine has every reason to believe that Trudy would treat her the exact same way. So she justifies it in her head as, I, it's fine that I did this to you. I don't have to care about you because you wouldn't, you don't care about anybody. So what are we losing if you die? Really? Like, what are we losing in Celine's eyes? They're certainly not losing a productive member of the team or anybody that, like, they're not losing a person that everybody likes. They're not losing somebody that likes them. What is Brady losing in Celine's eyes? Certainly not a mother who cares about her. I'm not, again, <laughs> I feel like I need to keep saying, I'm not defending her because it sounds like I am, but I totally am not. <laughs> but yeah, from Celine's point of view, what she's doing is completely justified, even though it's not. It's very unforgivable. Because no matter how awful Trudy has been to Celine, I don't think anything Trudy did is bad enough to justify leaving her to die. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, Definitely. If it had been anyone else, would she have stepped away? Oh, of course not. Absolutely. Yeah. She wouldn't have a reason to hate anyone that way. I do kind of like the poetic justice that the person who does find her is the person who hates her the most mm. and has the most to gain from Trudy leaving. And it's an enemy that Trudy made herself. Yeah. Because Celine started off as an ally. You know what I mean? She didn't turn That's on Trudy point. until Trudy turned on her. So yeah, there is something very poetic about that. You know, like anyone else who would have stumbled upon that scene would have done something totally different. Even Lex would have acted. Yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing, actually. Even Lex yeah. would have just got an Amber or Dell. Um, did this like completely change your opinion of the character? Did it put you off of them or? Um, 
I can't say like, I mean, Selene was never one of my favorite characters. So this wasn't like, it didn't really have it, that much of an effect on me. To me, it just showed a different depth of the character. Like, here's this person that everyone thinks is this sweet, innocent, motherly character who has this dark side almost. And she will do whatever she thinks is right to get her way, which isn't talked about a lot. Um, I thought is the beginning of a cycle of behavior with Celine. Um, Celine sometimes, well, more often than not, tends to latch on to an idea or decision without thinking about the consequences at all. Mm -hmm. And for her, there is no gray area in that decision. Even if there are better options, if she just thought about it, she just decides this is what I'm going to do. And she goes in completely hard. And then it's not until the consequences are stabbing her in the face and she starts to be like, oh, I don't know how I got here. You know, can sometimes act a victim when she ends up in that place. When really, if she had just taken the time to think about what she was doing, she wouldn't have ended up there. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the first times you see her just make a decision like this. She decided, screw it, I'm leaving Trudy to die. I don't care. She had plenty of time to change her mind and do something about it, get help, anything. But no, she was sold on it. This is what I'm doing. I'm committing to it. No matter how bad an idea or how horrible it was, she committed to this idea. And it wasn't until the consequences come back that she starts to feel any sort of guilt or regret for what she did. And at that point, you're like, how sincere is your regret? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because you could have avoided this. You didn't have to do what you did. And you will see this from Celine down the pipe. Hill's right. Like Celine has a great, beautiful side to her. It's very nurturing and loving and caring. But man, her dark side is really dark. And yeah, people don't really talk about it. It's excused often. But I do think that's interesting that the writers tend to do that. Um, they take the characters into one direction so far that we never expect anything different from that character. And then out of nowhere, they'll turn the tables and show you a whole different side of mm -hmm. them. And you're completely taken off guard. You did not know the character was capable of that. And uh, with Celine, here we are. I knew Celine was angry at Trudy. I never knew she'd go this far over it, though. Well, I think it was a sneaky thing to do anyway. Scaring everybody like that. Yeah, well, you would say that. We all know why she did it. Are you trying to blame it on me? No. You can't help it if you've got the hots for Bray. Hey, Amber, you can't say things like that. It's not her fault. He shouldn't have let her on. You're the one to blame for messing Trudy around the whole time. I never promised her anything, except that I'd look after her and the baby. That's all. Oh, don't give me that. You led her on. All that, look at me, I'm so wonderful and caring. I'm such a great human being. I couldn't have just left her like that, could I? Not in her condition. You brought her here. You took responsibility for her, and you let her down. You kicked her in the teeth. That's why she tried to kill herself. That leads us on to the question of who really is to blame. Because um, as the rest of the tribe find out about Trudy's overdose, there's a lot of blame being thrown around. Um, Celine blames Trudy herself, Amber blames Bray, and Dow blames himself. Um, yeah, what are your views on the various discussions that take place in the aftermath of Trudy's suicide? And... Is Bray really to blame for all of it? He gets a lot of heat in this episode. I think it's very realistic. And they're really, there's some realistic soul searching. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I do believe that Dal is the most, like, adorable thing, like, really kind of broken up over it. And he's the only one, in my opinion, that really kind of takes what has happened to heart. And really, like, he blames himself. And I think that's just, it's adorable. Like, Yeah, if there's anyone without blame, it's Dal. Yeah. Like... Dal really doesn't have that much blame and he takes it so hard. I just want to give him a hug. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's to blame. Not even Trudy. She may be responsible for her actions, but I don't think she's to blame for her mindset that led her there. And I don't, so I don't think she's to blame um, because I do think there is something not quite right with Trudy's psyche. And I don't think Bray is to blame. Uh, and I don't think it's fair to blame him because he's not in love with her, you know. And I don't, I don't think Celine's to blame. I mean, not to blame for what Trudy did. Uh, she's to blame for leaving Trudy there. But I don't think anyone's to blame. You know, circumstances happen. People, you can't be responsible for someone else's emotional well-being like that. Um, there are, yeah, there's always something maybe you could have done better, you know. But you're not responsible for the choice another person makes. You know, yeah, maybe you could have handled something better. Maybe you could have supported them better. But at the end of the day, they made this choice and there was no way you could have seen it coming or done anything to prevent it. So I don't think it is fair to blame any of them. Um, I mean, Dal certainly isn't to blame for bringing medicines into the mall. Any medicine he brought into the mall could have been mishandled. Not just sleeping pills. You take enough aspirin, that'll be your last nap. You know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. Anything he brought could have been used poorly. And he's certainly not to blame that Trudy got in her head to do this. And no, I don't believe Bray's to blame. And um, I certainly don't think it's fair that Amber is taking out her anger at Bray by blaming him for this. Because that's what it's about. Amber's upset at Bray because she wants him. And she's pissed that he has chosen Celine. And she's using it as a way to mask how she really feels. And so, yeah, she's making this all about him. You're a jerk. And really, it's just that she liked him and he turned out not to be the way she thought he would be. So not cool, in my opinion. And I, again, I don't think Trudy's to blame for her mindset. I don't think I really have much to add to that. <laughs> if you said it all. But I think I agree with Hill that... Um, it's a good conversation because that's exactly what happens when somebody harms themselves. We don't know how to deal with that. You know what I mean? We we're trying to make sense of the action that they took often. Yeah. We're looking for a, a catalyst or we're looking for some sort of blame for it, you know, and often it's just not that simple, you know, like you always hear after someone has done something, um, whether it's just, you know, an attempt or an actual um, suicide, you know, if I would have seen this or if I would have known this, like, it's almost like you always want the person to reach out. And that's actually the hardest thing is when you're in that mindset. And it, it really is a hard, a hard conversation on all ends. Well, but it, it's also very logical for wonder what they could have done differently 
feel bad about something they did, even though it wasn't that big of a contribution to the whole, because there's so many things to factor in, that there isn't, there's never one specific person to blame, at least specifically in this case there isn't. But sometimes just blaming makes you, it just makes it a little easier, because it makes at least some yeah. sense. Yeah. You can tell yourself, okay, this is logically the progression. This person did this, and she did this. So that makes sense in your head. Otherwise, your brain would blow up trying to process what you've just been yeah. through. It's a way of coping. Yeah. And it also washes your hands. Yeah. Of like not seeing something. Like, oh, I didn't see this, but Bray didn't see it either. So it's cool. Whatever. And often we don't want to blame the person who's done it. You know, no, like you don't want to speak ill of the dead. You know, and when someone leaves you like this, the last thing you want to do is be angry at them even if you are angry at them for putting you through this and making you feel this way and scaring you or hurting you this way um there's a part of you that does want to blame them for doing this they're the one who took the act mm -hmm. and put you through this but you can't blame them so you have to find something else that's to blame um which is interesting because celine skips over all of that and immediately blames trudy because she's projecting to deal with her own guilt because yeah, if she blames it on Trudy completely, then she's off the hook for not taking any action. Right. Exactly. And I do think Dal is the only one who's got the most sincere feelings about the situation. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, Amber's only blaming Bray because she's angry at him for being involved with Celine. And this is how she's dealing with her own jealousy. And she's angry at him and not being the guy she wanted him to be. So suddenly it's all his fault that Trudy has been like this. It's all his fault that Trudy's so depressed and he should have fixed it. He should have been the perfect guy for Trudy, even though he doesn't care about her, blah, blah, blah. That's how, that's how Amber's processing her feelings. And um, Dal's the only one who's really sincere, like <laughs> genuine. I feel about bad it. for Dal. Like, yeah, he takes it so hard and really like he's the only one it feels like that's sincere about it and it's so crushing i do admire the fact that the writers um again they could have easily made trudy super uh easy to feel sorry for you know but they don't trudy's a difficult character and a lot of viewers at this point just didn't like her so it makes her suicide attempt even more difficult to decide how you feel because at this point, how many viewers would be sad if Trudy died? You know, like she's been such a difficult and unlikable character for many people that it makes it a lot harder to get a handle on your feelings about her compared to somebody else who you might really love or really hate. And I like that because it takes all the romance out of suicidal ideology. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's nothing pretty about what Trudy does. There's nothing glorious. Um, it doesn't make Bray suddenly realize he desperately loves her. In fact, his first instinct is just to run away from the mall. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Like he's desperate to save her, but then once she's okay, he's like, all right, I'm out. I gotta go. I can't deal with this. Didn't make him discover any true great love for her. It's it's not pretty. It's gross, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't fix anything. It just has people yelling at each other and... And very few people feel sorry for her. They're just annoyed. They're upset that this happened. But the only two who really seem truly upset about what Trudy did are Amber and Dal. Amber because mm -hmm. she feels responsible for everybody. And Dal because he's the one who brought the pills in. 
and that's that's uh that's interesting because if any other show might have gone the more cliche route with this and made it a very after school special and there'd be a lot of sympathy for Trudy and it'd be very clear cut how we should feel. And they don't do that. They don't take the easy way out here. I think that's one of the strengths of the show though. Yeah. Always. I don't know how the scene would be handled today. Um, I actually was wondering, like, how do you guys feel? Do you feel that Trudy has been portrayed fairly? for an audience, whereas they don't lean too hard into sympathizing with her while at the same time doing a good job at letting you understand what is going on in this girl's head. Do you think they've been fair with their portrayal of Trudy and all of this and what she did? Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I think if it, if it was shown today, filmed today, they would have probably given a bit more clarity about what was going on with Trudy more information about the mental issues he's struggling with and well we would have been bombarded with texts over the screen yeah. for prevention of suicide hotlines it's true very true they would have like cut away and it would have been like hi i'm antonia preble and this is what you need to do if you like it would have been very like yeah. as you said after school special like i could see that happen and i'm glad that we have it as raw as it, and it doesn't glorify suicide or suicidal ideology at all. Um, if anything, it makes it more real. Like nothing magically fixes for Trudy. Um, yeah. You know, she doesn't get the guy. She doesn't, you know, everyone's not falling over her. It doesn't make it a, a happy ending. Nothing um, is fixed by her. Action. Yeah, nothing is fixed. Not a happy ending. Not everyone actually worried over her just a couple of people you listed it last week i guess it was where um you know when she was a kid she had these thoughts and wanted to see what people would do like after you died like mm -hmm. um i was the opposite i never had that so it, i'm throwing you liz mm -hmm. um and so it was it's like you know you want to see what happens after you're dead and nothing fixed itself like she survived and doesn't magically the magic wand isn't waved and she gets her way which was like it was nice to see like because that's not what would happen in the real world i was also surprised and impressed like as a writer um taking away any personal feelings that they don't go out of their way to villainize celine either even though mm. what she did is pretty unforgivable yeah we understand why Celine hates Trudy so much. We may not agree with her, but her point of view has been portrayed very clearly. And they've been very fair at portraying Celine's point of view. And they could have taken the easy way out and just made Celine a terrible person. Or they could have chosen somebody who isn't, like they could have chosen Alex and had him do something terrible and it would have been very clear cut. But no, they, they, they took someone who we do know of as a good person in general, who's still willing to leave someone to die just because she hates her, you know? And um, like, wow. The characters are very three-dimensional and I've always enjoyed that. Like, you know, even with the characters that are really just the villains, they, they have other sides to them as well. And we see that later on and, you know, Celine's the mother and yet, she has it in her power to do things to get what she wants. You don't expect that from her. Mm, yeah. Like everybody's capable of true darkness. Yeah. 
And I, I think the only thing that actually would have surprised me is if Bray would have sat by Trudy the entire time instead of running off like he always does. <laughs> and I just needed to throw that in there. I mean, I get that Bray needed a moment to come to terms with He always him, needs a moment. Going out like that, no. Right. But yeah, it would have surprised me if he stuck around for one. Yeah. I would have been like, wow, Bray, good for you. You finally, finally are making me impressed right now. To I be think- fair. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, please. Lance, to be fair, I want to hear this. Amber <laughs> did just bite his head off um, and put the whole blame on his shoulders. So, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be there either. I would not. Because one, he's not to blame for what happened. And this is not the first time that Amber has put all of this on his shoulders and said it's his responsibility, which is, again, not fair. I wouldn't want to be there either. I, I honestly wouldn't. I mean, you got to understand what Trudy has become to Bray at this point in time. Burden. Like, she's a burden. And it's getting harder for him to give a crap about her every day. You know, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to Trudy. His reaction to her suicide attempt says that more than anything. He freaks out. That's his first instinct. He panics. He's screaming for help. Anybody, you know, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. But at the same time, it's it's not fair that this has all been put on his shoulders. And yeah, I... I I think I just want to walk away. I mean, like, this is more trouble than it's worth. I'm not even sure I like you as a person anymore. You know, you, I get it. I get him leaving. I'm like, I'm going to go do something productive. There's nothing I can do while I'm here. You know, not to mention the last time he spoke to her, she told him she didn't want anything to do with him mm-hmm. because he's not in love with her and she can't handle that. And she told him, go away. I never want to see you again. So he's like, fine, fine. I'll go away. You might even feel that, that it's better for her to stay away. Yeah, he he's bringing her nothing but pain because he can't love her, you know, and no matter how he tries to couch those words and say it in a way that might be understanding and not hurt her feelings, it's not what she wants to hear. She gets angry and flips out every time he tries to be honest with her. So yeah, I could totally understand him thinking, I just should stay away, you know? It's not like I'm helping her. I'm just making things worse. Who knows if she might do it again? Not to mention, Bray does have a habit of not enjoying conflict and avoiding it when he can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at least what he goes to do is productive. He doesn't just wander off. He's like, I'm going to go get some food. I'll, like, you know, I'll go do something helpful while, you know, everybody's really heated right now. Come back when everyone has cooled down. And I'm sure it hurts him that Amber blames him for this because he does like her and he doesn't want her thinking badly of him. Not saying he couldn't have handled things better, but again, he's like 16, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure I would handle that now. No, I'll be back, honest. Take me with you, then. No, Celine. It's too dangerous out there. I could help you. No, I'm better on my own, really. You're gonna meet her, aren't you? What? Who? Her. That Ebony. No! I'm not gonna meet anybody. Not if I can help it anyway, okay? Okay, just be careful. Don't worry, I will me a kiss um sticking with the scene of bray leaving um yeah what do the panel think of celine choosing that moment to try and kind of push forward her advances i mean what do you think of their so-called relationship so far Ugh. Good yeah Lord. i uh, <laughs> so that entire scene while watching it this afternoon like just uh cringe and then that kiss at the end i was like no nah! gross like if you have to ask for that that is not 
that is not a relationship. That's no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, we've seen him kiss Trudy. Okay, I'll give you a peck on the cheek. Like I can go now. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Trudy confessing her love to him right after Martin died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Now is not the time. No consideration for how he must be feeling. You know, <laughs> Celine is dealing with her own emotions. So she's coming in to try and project onto Bray. You know, she wants him to absolve her. And so she's looking for emotional support from him. And he's just like... He's got, she, she's not really considering how heavy this must be on him and how he must be feeling. I mean, she makes a token effort by saying, you know, it's not your fault or if it is your fault, it's my fault too. And he's just like, I, I, I don't need this right now. And then she's really needy. And then she accuses him of going off with Ebony. Like she's all over the place in this conversation. Right. You can see the regret in his eyes that he ever got involved with this. I am on a crazy train right now, and exactly. I need out. Like he's like, what is with my taste in women? I have been striking out left and right in the last year. I I don't know, like if this is just a Dwayne thing or what, but he does the best, like internal panic faces, <laughs> like, and you see it right there. Like I don't know what that came from, but yeah, you see it. Like you definitely see the primal, like moment yeah he does it a lot (laughs) (laughs) it does set the stage though this whole thing like look you mentioned his face total panic he's starting to really regret ever getting involved with celine it wasn't supposed to be like this he was was, he'd been leaning into a comfort yeah that's what had been a very beautiful girl who's making him feel better about what he was going through and at first wasn't asking anything of him he leaned into that comfort, and now it's starting to feel a little fatal attraction for him. And, and he's just like, crap. But if you'll notice, like, he will at least try to continue this with Celine. And I can't help but wonder if it's because he didn't want another Trudy episode. Right. Like, he, he didn't want to try ending things with Celine and starting this whole thing up with her. Like, he was just fine. Okay. I, I, I like her. I'm attracted to her. Fine. I'm just going to stick it out. Even though he's already looking at her like, I want out of this. I need an escape plan. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> this is like... CQD. CQD. <laughs> blink twice if you need out. Exactly. His only real time is being a good looking kid. You know what I mean? He didn't ask for all this. He's just, he's attractive to these young women. He didn't ask for all this trouble, you know, but he's being blamed for it, you know, and... um. And yet he always manages to pick out the crazy ones. Sometimes it's crazy attracts. Well, I guess when you are attractive to a great number of people, you're going to get a lot of variety in those people. So (laughs) (laughs) some crazies are going to slip through. Um, But yeah, Celine's behavior was ridiculous. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Run, Bray. Just run. She's just as bad. Go. It's ridiculous how she is. She She's panicking because he's leaving. She immediately assumes he's leaving. And then when she realizes he's not, she's like, okay, then take me with you. And he's like, no, I clearly want to be alone right now, you know, so I'm going to tell you it's dangerous and you you wouldn't be any good to me out there. And then she's like, you're going to go to Ebony, aren't you? And he's like, what? No, what the 
<laughs> you don't even know about me and Ebony. You're just jumping on that bandwagon. Oh my gosh. And then she's like, kiss me. And the look on his face is just, whatever it takes to get out of this building, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. right? It's like she literally transforms into Trudy in front of his eyes. And he's like, <laughs> how has this happened? <laughs> Again. Head for the hills. And at least for him, Trudy has an excuse because they've known each other a long time. And she was going through a lot of hormonal changes, you know, like for him, he gets why Trudy's going through it. But he's looking at Celine like, where is this coming from? I thought you were stable. Apparently not. Nope. Absolutely not. The desperation on Celine. And I think a lot yeah. of it has to do with her guilt and knowing what part role she played in this. If Bray were to ever find out what she mm -hmm. did. So I think there's part of it is just trying to reestablish a connection with him to reassure herself because mm -hmm. she cl she's clearly projecting a lot i always wondered if she didn't feel bad that truly made it oh yeah i think in a way because then her i think she would have reacted slightly different if trudy had just been gone if trudy hadn't woke up that's what she was anticipating yeah she was planning on being there to comfort bray be there for him his shoulder to lean on to cry on and then live happily ever after with him and Brady. But Trudy staying alive um, really makes your, your guilt manifest even stronger. It's like being haunted by a ghost of your crimes. Mm -hmm. You know, because Trudy's still here. She still has to look at her and be reminded of what she did. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there is a tiny bit of like, oh, damn it, you know. Um, and then, of course, having to see everybody else's reactions and realizing that she could have prevented that. She played a part in this. And looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing just how terrible a thing you can do as a person and starting to hate yourself because you want to believe you're better than that. Nobody wants to be the villain in the story. No one wants to see themselves as the villain in the story. And yet then there you are. Yeah, because, you know, if you're in a fight with someone, at some point, you most of the time you can justify the way you're treating them because of what they're doing to you. But every now and then you're going to cross a line where you can't justify your actions anymore. That can be a hard line to run into. That Brian had coming to him. Can't treat a girl like that. Like what, Lex? Well, you know, messing her about and all that. You mean, like going with other women? Well, yeah. Of course. You'd never do a thing like that, would you, Lex? I mean, there's the kid and all. It's not his kid. Well, no, but... And he'd never asked her to marry him, had he? Well, no. What do you think, Tyson? What do you think of a man who's promised one girl? Trying to have it off with someone else? I think people worry too much. Right, Lex? Yeah. Yeah, right. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Lex and Tyson. Um, who both are very pleased with themselves after the previous night's events, um, but they both see things quite differently. Um, it's also this scene that shows Lex in the middle of a very coded conversation between Zandra and Tysan. Um, yeah, what do you think about what happened between Lex and Tysan and their opposing views? I'm going to leave this one to you, Hill. She's <laughs> laughing. Uh, this scene cracks me up. Um, just because I love how just coded it is and you're just like is anyone this stupid like come on like she's sitting right there please call them out i was actually waiting for zandra to pick up yeah 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is the moment where I realize that, yes, Zandra can be very smart, but she can also be very dumb. <laughs> and I wanted her to call them out on it. Like, it is such a slap in the face to her, but yet so funny. Yeah. And it just, it cracks me up. And she's just sitting there thinking, it's about Lex and Ebony and not about Lex and yeah. Fox. And right next to her. And I think, I think there's one moment where, um, Zandra like looks at you know somebody or at the camera or something and you're like this is it she's gonna call him out she's gonna go and she doesn't and it's so like uh. the perspectives in that conversation are very fascinating and it's kind of I, I want to give the writers a pat on the back because mm -hmm. you literally have three different people in a conversation and they're all talking about something completely different yes and yet if you didn't know the context you wouldn't know like if you imagine just seeing the scene written without any of the actors actual expressions without mm -hmm. any reference points i love the fact that on the surface this conversation makes perfect sense but once you have the context it also it has a completely different meaning and i, I really like that it's very layered conversation um it's kind of sad because you have Tysan finally I mean not Tysan but Zandra really calling Lex out because he's for whatever jumped on the bandwagon of blaming Bray for the way he's acting with Celine and Trudy when and Zandra's calling out because he's he has no right to say anything about how Bray behaves with the girls and so she's right you know what I mean and it's like but it's hard to get on board with her because she's so blind to what's happening right in front of her now and and watching Lex trying to dance between the two of them, he doesn't want to let anything on to Zandra. He doesn't want her to know that he's still messing around behind her back. But at the same time, he doesn't want Tysan to think he cares what Zandra thinks. He's trying to mm -hmm. act like he's above that. And so he's constantly looking at uh, Tysan for cues of how he should handle this conversation. Yeah. And Tysan doesn't give a crap if he goes up in flames. She's just curious about how he'll handle the conversation. She's amused at him and amused at how much power she has over him right now. But she really does not care what happens and whether or not he trips up or even if he tells, you know, Zandra that they slept together. She doesn't care. It's not a secret to her, yeah. you know. Lex has everything to lose in the conversation. Right. Where, like, Zandra, well, Zandra has stuff to lose too, but Tyson has... Tyson is like the kid with the magnifying glass and the ants. Like she just wants to see what happens with it all. She's a puppet master. That's what we call. And it's it's also sad because Zandra is being very honest about her realization that Lex has just been using her, you know, and it, it's kind of ugly. There's something really um lowbrow about her just coming straight out. There's they're being very honest about the fact that this has always been about sex. You know, and this is how close she is to admitting that she knows he's never loved her. You mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. she'll forget that conveniently later on, or at least she'll be convinced otherwise later on. But it's still sad, you know, because we know how much she cares about him. And uh, yeah, like she's standing up for herself, but she still doesn't know that he's like, it's not getting through to him because he doesn't care at this point because he just got what he wanted from someone else. Yeah, and he even, like, says that, and Zandra looks so sme smug with herself when she's like, it's the only way you're going to get what you want. And, like, at, there's a little part of it, like, he's kind of taken back by that, but also is like, no, I, I did just get what I want without the commitment towards the end. 
Yeah, there's so many layers to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she has no problem taking a giant dump on his chest of his self-esteem by making it clear, like, what woman would even want you? No one here would put up with you. Or looks across you. the room. You know, and and for a second he stares at himself, like, yeah, hey, that's what you think of me? But then he's like, wait, no, someone did yeah. want me, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's such an ugly, like, truth coming out of Zondra because she's so upset with him, so mm-hmm. hurt by him. She's looking at, like, she wants him to know, you're nothing special. You're lucky that I'm so crazy about you and that I put up with you. And damn. Yeah. <laughs> what is the biggest out. cheerleader to, like, emotionally abusive? Like, you're scum. You're just lucky I like you, you know? Um, yeah, it's good acting. And that's, you know, I love all the dynamics happening. And you forget for a while that they are kids at that point. Yeah. Like, it's a very adult, you know, moment. And I really, I like, okay, I'm a big fan of Lex and Tysan. They were one of my, they were my first OTP, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I I will gush about them a lot come later on. But uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, part of me gets kind of giddy seeing them together. Like, ah, it begins this crazy dynamic mm-hmm. between these two. And it, it's, it's really interesting watching Tysan. This is all just a game. It's all an experiment to her. Can she fix him? Can she make things better? And she really doesn't care about his feelings. And it's interesting watching Lex get played by someone in the same way that he tends to play other people and not Mm -hmm. care about their feelings. You know, the difference is Tysan's not doing it to hurt anyone. She just genuinely doesn't care. She likes (laughs) watching how people tick. She can be very impersonal. You know, she doesn't for one minute consider that Lex might develop feelings for her Mm -mm. or think they have something, you know, because that's not how she sees this at all. It was just a physical act that was enjoyable. And that was it as far as she's concerned. Um, I really love that conversation later. His assumption, the presumptuous attitude he has about this because she had sex with him, then it's totally going to happen again. And he's trying to orchestrate things so that he'll be alone when she comes to him again. And his shock. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but why? We'll have time. She's like, I don't, it's not about availability, buddy. That was last night. I wanted to have sex with you last night. I don't want to have sex with you now. <laughs> Utter yeah. shock. Like, he cannot fathom this. <laughs> I love that moment, though. Lex has never been in this situation. He's never no. had someone, uh, he's never been with a woman who is sexually free and independent and, you know, is actually calling the shots completely about the sex and he's just so lost he he doesn't know what to do with that like oh she's not going to be available to me whenever i want it i don't have any say in this whatsoever but if i want to get it from her i'm gonna have to fall in line (laughs) i just love watching that i mean after everything lex did it's so great to see him basically uh, a slave to her will yeah, he comes a pawn to his passions. But she was right. I'll say this. Now, remember, Tyson, she only started this experiment to take care of Lex's frustrations because it was poisonous for mm-hmm. the tribe. And you can't help but notice he's been in a good mood all day. Mm-hmm. I was about to say how annoyingly chipper he was throughout the whole Annoyingly <laughs> chipper. <laughs> it's true, though. Very like, true. Like, he's not being a jerk today. You know what I mean? Like, even when he, he says some crap about Bray, he's not being his usual dickish self about it. No, you know, no. um, all day he's just been, he hasn't been combative. He hasn't been trying to pick, a, he's not trying to pick a fight with Zandra. You know, not really. 
she's the one who wants to have a fight. And he's just like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not angry. I'm feeling good. You know, even when he's teasing Ryan, he's not being a dick to Ryan. Oh. Yeah, he's being playful. Mischievous. I do like those scenes with him and Ryan. I think those are good. Come on, man. Do me a solid, you know? <laughs> so Tyson was on to something, you know, because he's been in a much better I, mood. And <laughs> and I, I do believe that's probably why she was like, ah, not tonight because you, you know don't need you're it. in a good mood you don't need it you're <laughs> in a great mood for solid i'll come back to you when you're you know a piece of work yeah when you need more when you need another dose i'll be back <laughs> right <laughs> it's true though natural medicine like i'm just imagining that somewhere she's actually like has a notebook <laughs> trial and error on lex <laughs> but could you imagine like if lex was his normal self and the whole trudy thing going on like it would have been a hot mess oh, yeah it would have been a hot mess clever way to take him out of that equation like out of the exactly. emotional equation yeah. by distracting him with tyson <laughs> with boobs <laughs> I just had to say it. I really do think Tyson's an amazing counter to his misogyny and his just his abusive tendencies because she won't be his victim yeah. in any way. And he, I, I just love how she throws him for a loop. Like he does not know what to make of Tyson. He's never met a woman like her. He's never, he's had strong women in his life, but Tyson's just a whole different ball game. In his eyes, you know, it's either you're a woman like Zandra. You're, you know, the virgin queen who needs to be seduced and cared for. Or you're someone like Amber, where that's completely off the table, you know, and she'll probably punch you if you ever tried anything with her. He's mm -hmm. not used to a strong woman who will sleep with you, absolutely, and enjoy it, but only on her terms. That's something in the middle. He's just like, what is this? <laughs> I don't know what you are. Where did you come from? I mean, I think that's part of the attraction for him, too, though. As much as she's playing him, he's playing her. Well, somewhat. It will be fun watching him try to solve the Tyson puzzle yeah. for a while. Like, and it, it is fun. You're right. Yeah. And I just love watching him struggle. Like, he almost looks kind of adorable at how clueless he is when, you know, <laughs> he's just staring at her like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> what it's happened? Like, this isn't working. Like, this is not how this is supposed to go. And, and she just, you know, goes straight back to meditating. I'll tell you when I want to do it again. He's like, what? <laughs> I don't. Is that how this is supposed to work? Okay. Well, she didn't say no. I guess it's going to happen again. But I have to wait till she wants to. Of a what? what? <laughs> Unfathomable. It's it's a cool contrast. You have Lex who feels everything like on the surface. He's all spark and fire, you know, ready to explode. And Tyson is such a cool contrast. Everything's still waters run deep with her. It almost it's almost like she doesn't feel anything at all. So putting those two together, fantastic. This episode has quite a few um, references to um, Paul and his disappearance. Um, we have Bray and Amber both going out to look for him separately. And mm. in the scene with Patsy, um, <laughs> Chloe makes a suggestion that maybe he went off to find some more deaf kids. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of an R little scene to try and like, Patsy's like. I, I do. I want to imagine there is some tribe of like deaf kids running around. Little <laughs> utopia. Yeah. <laughs> Just like signing to each other i want to think that behind the scenes they needed to buy some time they knew things were not working out with the actor who played paul and they kind of put him on his shelf until they could figure it out 
So we had a good couple episodes where we just didn't mention Paul. We didn't want to think about Paul. We had other things we needed to do, and we're still working with how we can integrate him. And now it's gotten to the point where we've decided, or it has come to the point where he's not going to continue on with us behind the scenes. We've drawn up the contracts. We've discussed that it's best with everyone. So now we are scrambling, and we are trying to write him out retroactively because... He was on the shelf not moving, and he's gone, and we need to catch everyone else up. Yeah, I was going to say, it felt like we had a couple of episodes of just nothing, not even being mentioned. Yeah. Now it feels like we've got all these mentions all at once, like a sudden rush exactly. to explain it away. That's not what I've always thought, is there was definitely some movement behind the scenes, because I think we all know now kind of what happened a little bit, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a good way of putting him somewhere where he wouldn't have been missed. It was an easy way to say, oh, you know, Lex yelled at him, or, you know, he, whatever it was, and that he just kind of went away, and now we need to put him in this utopia, or we need to explain something, but we don't want to give him a an unhappy ending. We just, we need to kind of squirrel him away, because the tribe also has experience and it will happen later where characters have disappeared because of doing other things and then they've needed to come back and we've needed to write them back in so i think they were kind of doing this is our first look as to a character that may hopefully maybe not come back we just needed to stick them somewhere until we worked it all out I like uh, I like the relationship between Patsy and Chloe as it's forming, especially in regards of Chloe. This is a very important um, moment in their relationship. Patsy always had her brother. You know, the world ended, but she still had him. And uh, she wasn't all that concerned about having a friendship with Chloe. She didn't need her, you know, and Chloe didn't connect with people in general anyway. And uh, here they are. Here's Chloe actually making a a deep effort to connect with a person who needs it very hard. Like Patsy is lost with the realization that her brother hasn't come home. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know how to function. And Chloe gets to use that little part of her that takes care of animals. She gets to use it on Patsy. Here's someone who's small like her that needs caring for. And she spends Mm -hmm. the whole episode doing everything in her power to distract Patsy and to take care of Patsy. And it really cements their friendship. You know, um, they couldn't depend on anybody else. All the other older kids, eh, they, they they come and go, but they discover something in each other. And I, I think it's very sweet seeing Chloe put that effort in with a person and uh, how hard she's trying to make Patsy feel better and uh, the concessions she's making for her. And so that's very adorable you know, fussing over which one of the hens laid the egg, (laughs) you know, because Chloe's, you know, in in a way, Chloe's teaching uh, Patsy how important, you know, loving animals can be in filling the hole in your heart that gets left by humans, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. so I thought that was adorable. Talking about Dal's guilt. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have much to say about it. It's very, I don't know, it seems very in tandem with Dal and how much responsibility he's already taken mm-hmm. for Trudy at this point. I mean, he's put himself on the line for her already a couple times. So he's already kind of made himself responsible for her physical well-being. Mm-hmm. And like he says, my dad made such, my parents made such a fuss about, you know, securing the pills in the house. 
you know, so that someone can't hurt themselves with them. And but it's like, Dal, you had them locked away in your bag, and your room is downstairs. Like you had no way of knowing someone would just come in and take your stuff. Um, and of course, I think part of it is due to his. He does have an affection for Trudy, you know, and it's starting to come out because he looks at Bray like you're you have this beautiful girl who wants you and you're taking it for granted. You idiot. You're such a jerk. You big, tall, gorgeous jerk. I hate you. <laughs> I would do anything to have this girl be crazy about me, you know, and um, and then, of course, you have Dal and Jack, which is very interesting because. Dal doesn't need Jack the way Jack needs Dal. And um, Jack doesn't fill, fulfill the human quota that Dal needs in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dal is clearly put off by how quickly Jack just doesn't give a crap that Judy tried to kill herself. Like, I love when Jack came into the room. He just does really quickly reassures himself. Like, she's not dying, right? Okay, great. I can get back on asking Dal about our project. Like, he does not care. <laughs> I love when he substitutes him with Ryan, though. Yes, like, Jack desperately does need a sounding board. No matter how much he says, he doesn't. Because as soon as he he chases Ryan off the first time, but Ryan just kind of stumbles back in. And Jack just immediately picks up their conversation like it never ended. (laughs) And again, he needs someone who's more pragmatic than him to, like, think of. Because, you know, Jack hyper-focuses. And he's trying to think of this turbine. And he's got all these other ideas that are super complicated. That's why he writes them off. But the simplest idea comes from a simple person like Ryan. And it never even crossed Jack's mind to go with the simplest idea. (laughs) I I love that Ryan just got that moment. You know, to get that little bit of input showing that he's not a complete idiot. He can come up with things that are useful. I also like when Dal is explaining like the signs and the S shape and everything and then gets cut off before he can fully finish that idea and Jack is like, But but wait, I, I need I I can't I can't function. Like, come back. Like and you see him like almost like please Dal has gotten used to having to hold Jack's hand through these yeah. things and placate his ego when he does it. Because you know, Dal Jack comes to him going, Oh, I thought I'd give you the opportunity to put your input in you know and dal's like really dal knows you just don't know what to do next so that's why you came to me you know you need me to flesh out the idea and um, but like even as he's explaining it like he doesn't get the full end result and jack can't follow step like the next step to be like oh yeah the s shape and then you know blah 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 blah. and that's how it will happen like he needs dal to walk the step by step so that he jack can put it together and then take all the credit yeah and dal's like i don't care about this stuff as much as yeah. you do nowhere I near to go me um truly is more important right there right there's a human who requires my attention mm-hmm. and jack's like but she's not dead dude <laughs> <laughs> she's not a machine so she's not important in jack's world Exactly. Like Jack might as well. He he should just be like one of those memes. It's like, but did you die? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like does it matter? She's still alive. Does it really matter what happened? Because I mean, Jack literally, he could not have given a crap. Like as soon as he hears what Trudy did, he's like, girls, (laughs) they're so stupid. Like Jack, she could have died. You don't care. Yeah, Jack's a pragmatic one. She's that? No, she's not that. Then what's the issue? 
Remember when she was sick with the infection and they had to give her the antibiotics? What was what Jack said? Don't waste the water. (laughs) Even Lex was like, shut up, Jack. I just, I, I, it just blows my mind how little of a damn Jack cares. (laughs) He has not been affected by what happened to Trudy at all. He's just annoyed that... Dal, why is why are you so hung up on this? She's still alive. Let's go. We got projects to make and things to do, computers to build. And Dal just doesn't have the patience for him. He can't even bother explaining it to him. He's just like, no, dude. I you already know that I give. I care about people. That's something you can't understand. And I I do. I feel for Dal um, because he does really care about Trudy a lot. And it's sad that those feelings will go unrequited. Especially when he starts to admit them to himself, and um, you can—I get the sense that Amber is getting her first inklings that her her bestie may have a crush, and it's not gonna. She knows it's not gonna mm-hmm. end well for him. She even says, "Like, dude, you don't have to watch her. I'll do it." She won't be grateful for what you're doing because the way she sees it is, Trudy will just end up hurting him. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dude, please don't get in. You know, she's thinking in her head, do not get invested in this girl like this. She won't appreciate it. She'll just spit in your face, you know, and I don't want that to happen to you because you're a nice guy. And that will be Dal's legacy. Unrequited love. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor Dal. Poor boy. So friend zoned. That is him. Right. Like it's it's literally like the phantom zone for him. He's just floating in space between two panes of glass. That's where the women have thrown him. Give him a bone, guy. <laughs> and then the only girls who end up paying him any attention are way too young for him. And it's just for practice. <laughs> yeah, it was just practice because he was like the safe, easy guy. Because he's, he's in the friend zone, and no matter what we do, he'll still be okay. You know what's sad about Dal is that he is that guy who he didn't he doesn't he's not gonna peak in high school, you know what I mean? But that's like good because it means he's gonna peak later. He's that guy who didn't get any play in high school. He was just everybody's friend. You know, even he went to prom and he was he was like someone's beard for prom, you know what I mean? And and it's it's not till you see him at the 10 year, 15, 20 year reunion and he's made bank, you know. <laughs> he, he yeah, finally but- like he finally had his glow up. I'm just going to say it. Too bad he died before that happened. And he dies before he even gets a chance to. Ashworth was just starting to come into his own physically. Starting to get his style on. He put on a few inches. Like, come on, baby. And dead. Dead. (laughs) You guys wronged that kid. (laughs) They were like, nope. Sorry. There's only room for so many hotties on this show. Right. And Bray's taking up like four slots. Because <laughs> everybody wants spray. <laughs> I almost did a spit take on my keyboard. <laughs> I have to, man. Like, if I see that to just dig in a bray, I'm gonna have to. What I do? How's Trudy? How do you think? She cried herself to sleep. Well, I'll go see her. She doesn't need you disturbing her. I won't wake her. I'll just keep an eye on her. Dal's been doing that all day. Yeah, well, thanks, Dal. I'll take over now. I think it would be best if he kept away from her. What? Trudy needs somebody she can rely on. Not someone who keeps disappearing and letting her down. She doesn't need you. So that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. Um, where, wow, 
in quite, I thought it was quite an interesting scene because we see Amber and Dal gang up on Bray and forbid him from seeing Trudy. Um, yeah, what did you think about that? I loved it. Finally, finally. Dal standing up to Bray like that, when you can't treat her like that, she doesn't need your behavior in her life. That's not how she's going to get better right now. It's just like Amber telling him, like, cool, you did something we need. Do you want me to pat you? Like, woohoo! Yeah, finally someone says it. Like, let me have a tiny parade for you, Bray. You did something. I'm on the fence with it. Um, on one hand, I do understand, like, logically why Amber and Dow would feel this way. Because it's like, whatever Bray's been doing to handle the situation hasn't helped. Like, he hasn't handled the situation properly. It just keeps getting worse. He's had time to handle the situation, time to, you know, make things straight with Trudy, and he clearly keeps dropping the ball there. You know what I mean? Like, they get into a fight, he runs away, comes back, doesn't want to actually deal with the fight. We've already seen that. So mm -hmm. I can totally understand people going, okay, look, we gave you a chance to fix whatever the frick is with you and Trudy. Even if it's just you breaking it off as harshly as you have to, and you haven't handled it. and it's gotten so serious that this girl tried to kill herself. So maybe you just need to stay the frick away from her. Um, at some point, you feel like you just have to step in because they can't handle it themselves. So I get that. I do. Um, because what is he going to do? He's going to go in there. He and Trudy are not going to discuss their issues because Bray doesn't do that. They'll probably get into another fight or Trudy will be like, I'm sorry, I did this. And Bray will say, no, it's totally okay. You know, me and Sabine, we talked about the fact that Bray, because he doesn't ever really call Trudy out on her actions, she doesn't learn that what she's doing is wrong. So they're just going to continue that freaking cycle until she gets upset. He says the wrong thing. She's going to scream at him to leave the room and he will. And then he'll leave them all. So I get why they're like, dude, just you haven't handled this. So you need to just stay away from her. <laughs> like, I get that. I totally do. And I agree. Like, Bray, you haven't handled this. It has only gotten worse, but in the same time, I think they're being unfair because one, they're blaming Bray for something that isn't his fault. It's not his fault Trudy did this. It's not his fault that he's not in love with her and that she can't handle that. And two, the only reason Trudy, I mean, uh, Amber and Dal are acting like this is because of their own personal feelings. Amber's mad at Bray because she's into him, but he hasn't turned out to be the knight in shining armor she wants him to be. So she's taken out all her anger on him. And Dal is taking his anger out on Bray because he's jealous of him. Because he wants Trudy. And yet Trudy is all gaga for this guy who won't be there for her. So that's where I'm just like, okay, you two. You're just projecting. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of like the two of them ganging up on him because of that. Like, it's like, you know, I want to see the conversation between Amber and Dal where they're like, listen. If we keep Bray around, away from Trudy, Dal, you can sneak in there and you can be, you know, the knight in shining armor. No. And maybe if Bray's distracted and doesn't see Trudy, maybe I can get a play with Bray. And it's just like, <laughs> I want to see that conversation. Oh, that, that would be fun. Because it would have been hilarious. Like, we both can win here. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is awesome. I think he's coming back quick to your spot. Like... <laughs> 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 act cool they do have a point though I mean Bray yeah. did the exact same thing when Trudy was ill Del was sitting there taking care of her all the time while he was out doing god knows what and coming back in with oh I'll sit with her now no no you didn't do it the first time you're not gonna do it now but yeah, it does it does it does 
matter that it is the two of them because they've been here before. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting by Trudy's side, taking care of her when Bray was the one who brought her into the mall and had a hand in her being in that situation and not didn't bother to tell anybody that he would be back. You know, they've been here before. They've been the ones worrying about her and her not being even grateful for them, you know, immediately waking up and asking for Bray. And they got no answers because they have no idea where he is, um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I was thinking about what the argument about Trudy, what she had done, like, was it, was she truly suicidal or was she just trying to get attention and make people feel bad? And I was thinking about how she behaved when she woke up and how there's an argument for both sides. Like the fact that she's so unhappy to be alive, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that she's woken up in the mall, which is her worst nightmare. Definitely. She even says, right. I don't want to be here. I want to be dead. I don't like, and I, I can understand that. You know what I mean? Um, So that definitely is, you know, a point in favor of Trudy truly was suicidal. She saw no way out of the black hole she was in and she just wanted to be gone, not be there anymore. But then also the fact that her first instinct is to ask for Bray also is an argument that she was just trying to get his attention, you know, because she did say she never wanted to see him again, you know, and yet... Then she does this thing and the first thing she's like, where is he? I want him. Why isn't he here? You know, and like, what game are you playing? You know, I um, think she was. I mean, she might have had a thought like, you know, if I die, I'm out of the mall and I'm, you know, I don't have to deal with this anymore. But if I live, maybe that also brings Bray closer to me and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think there is both sides to that for her. There's this romantic ideal she keeps holding him up to, you know, and he, of course, keeps letting her down because he does not feel romantically for her. You know, it would be romantic if he was by her bed. Because I, again, I had this kind of suicidal ideology. You know, I used to fantasize Mm -hmm. about being on my deathbed and the boy I was in love with would be right there holding my hand crying. To me, that was so freaking romantic, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do get that. And no one can really live up to that (laughs) and it's it's a it's a dangerous place to let your mind go especially at that age when you're not mature enough to think about your actions and the consequences of them and especially with the state of mind she was in Mm. her running from the baby i felt that in my gut Mm -hmm. no pretense like this is how she's always felt it is too much do not bring me that baby that poor baby (laughs) sandra's all chipper like, I've taken care of her. She's been good as gold. She's been a little angel. Here she is. Completely I kind of feel for Xandra. Like, Xandra thinks she's doing a good thing by giving her her baby. And it's not a good yeah, thing. And, and reassuring her that she took care yeah. of the baby. Like, I took I'm care of like, her. You don't, don't have to worry, worry about, about this. I made sure she was fine and safe. And also, it's not my baby. Can you take your kid? <laughs> yeah. I, I think Sandra was also making the obvious point. Of, see, I was looking after the baby. Celine didn't do it. I did. You don't have to worry about Celine coming in and taking your family. I did it. Because I was trying to be a good friend. I know that you and Celine yeah. are in a good place. So I took care of the baby. But um, I'm ready for my life. To, you know how my life <laughs> You know, <laughs> have her. You know, it, it does make me laugh because it's such a testament to what being a parent is. Like, Trudy almost died. She's still on mom duty. <laughs> right? It never ends. 
<laughs> you get a couple hours off and then someone shows up with your kid. <laughs> with it here, taken back. <laughs> All yours. Like I still have tubes in my arm, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, man, if that isn't what being a parent is all about, you don't get any off time. <laughs> There's no sick leave. <laughs> People are like, here's your kid. This is the baby, gotta love it. Trudy looked like she was going to just upchuck everything. Those eggs, just no, no, no pretense. I don't want it. I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> She did make the effort of asking Patsy if Paul had returned up. Yeah, it's interesting because it meant that she actually noticed he'd been missing. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Well, it's also, it points out that Trudy, as much as she may have noticed Paul was missing, she's still clueless as to how Patsy feels about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knows Patsy's very upset about her brother and they're all being very careful tiptoeing around the fact that Paul's gone but Trudy's been so self-absorbed in her own mind she's completely unaware about how other people feel about anything and so she steps on the landmine because it never occurred to her that it would be Patsy would be very upset that her brother's gone because Trudy isn't in a place where she cares what other people are feeling right now and so I do think that's an interesting point uh, that's made everybody else knows Paul's missing Patsy's upset Trudy's clueless to this because She's only been focusing on what she's going through. Yeah, but in that moment, the moment that Chloe and Patsy come there, Patsy looks happy for a moment. That is true. That is true. Um, but again, it's because if, if Trudy had been paying attention to anything, she would know that it's not because Paul's back. Yeah, but she doesn't know. Because she don't care about anybody right now. And, and not judging her, I'm just it's stating facts. She doesn't care about anybody else. Not even her own kid. So, of course, she's clueless to this stuff. I did feel bad for Patsy, though, the way she breaks down like that. She was so happy for a second. Chloe had managed Mm -hmm. to distract her. And the girls clearly scrambled that egg by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, right? You know, and they were so excited to present it to Trudy. And Trudy's like, oh, thanks. At least she didn't say, I don't eat eggs. (laughs) Right? That's what I was waiting for. Like, Like she she realized she swallowed it down. Like, she didn't look like she wanted those eggs, but she was just like... Because Amber's looking at her like, I swear to God, if you upset these kids and reject those eggs. If you make them cry, I will hurt you. She's like, oh, thank you so much. It's really sweet of you. That's why she made an effort and asked about Paul. She's like, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. Because Amber's like a warden. Mm-hmm. Well, her mom. <laughs> Maybe it was a calculated ask about Paul because it's like, you're going to make me eat this egg. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you down. No. <laughs> I hate eggs. I'm a vegetarian. How's your dead brother? Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> no. Sorry. And I love Paul. We know I love Paul, but I just had to I say it, okay? You hate Trudy. We know that. You know. Vegetarian, how's your dead brother? <laughs> it's funny. Not a lot happens in this episode, but there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of emotional yeah. upheaval, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because when I was I watched it today, I was it was over so quickly. I was like, wow, like nothing happened. But I had so many thoughts that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think we're gonna have some good debates here. That brings episode 21 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel, and we'll see you next time for episode 22. So until then, bye, 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 bye.